Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's show. We are your three bots, Eric, Deej, and B. So guys, deserve Hi. Smell that. <laughs> Smell what? Smell what? <laughs> Was there anything you just loved wafting or taking a big smell of when you were a child? Wow. So is that like another way of asking, like, what was our, do we have a favorite smell? <laughs> the simple man. something terms. that we like to smell specifically. Is there something you enjoy smelling on a regular occasion? I actually really love smelling uh, cinnamon roasted almonds. Like when you're Ooh. at a baseball game or. That is actually a phenomenal smell. It always draws me to the booth. And then when I see it's not a Cinnabon, I'm just like so disappointed. You don't like almonds. No, I don't. no, I'm not an no. almond guy either. Yeah, but you like, like I mean, cinnamon if, roasted ones, I promise you. But I get it though. When you're at like one of those like parks or carnivals, like the elephant ears, you're just like, oh, right. Isn't that something that stands out, like elephant ears or something, or like corn dogs? The smell of corn dogs. I mean, corn dogs are. I love corn dogs. Actually, pretty dang good. <laughs> I would almost say in general, even if you're going to a ballpark, like if you go to a ballpark, you that's where like, I, that's where I'm thinking of. You get some like you, you almost don't even. You just want to go there and eat ballpark food because you just that smell, that aroma takes you in. The ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. What about gasoline? You guys, am I the only one here? <laughs> Actually, I used to love the smell of gasoline. gasoline Unfortunately, and, it changed. And, and honestly, sawdust. I love sawdust. I don't know why. It just smells so good. How do you go about smelling sawdust without getting some of the sawdust in your nose? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you, they probably, are you? They, you know, they probably got a candle for it because they got one for just about everything. How about the, uh, the newest release of the macaroni and cheese? Smelling candle. Mmm. Um. Huh. How? Let's try to think about how that would smell. A mac and I've cheese candle. I've never been a fan of like food smelling candles. Anything? No, of that. Not like waffles and syrup. Like, there's some. There's some good food smelling ones. Ah, I just rather like smell the real food. Well, DW Home, their candle, the mac and cheese. There's reviews saying that it literally smells like dirty old farts. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, then in that case, I would rather smell the food. Well, yeah. <laughs> I have never smelled mac and cheese that smelled like a fart. Maybe like a bag of like Lay's potato chips or something. I get that. I get that smell. Right. Well, what, what, about, ever... what, about a, what about a bag of fart? <laughs> that well, that's like what I'm wondering like... is like the, the gentleman, the article, he's like, it's, you know, it smells like a 50 year old bag of fart. And I'm thinking like, okay, one, how do you know <laughs> like what a 50 year old bag of like farts smell like unless unless maybe he bought the maybe first he is 50. maybe, fart maybe in a he's jar. a 50 year old man and he farts a lot he could have bought the first fart in a jar in ft i don't know way do you back have, do you when have, and we would have never he was the first to do it do you have any of those uh any of that in one of your jars that you have here on the mantle i'm saving them for 50 years <laughs> b did did he get it off the secondary market from you <laughs> what's this guy's name <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you know, since you and I both like smelling the real food, which is going to be always better than smelling the fart, right? Fancy Feast, if you're a cat owner out there, they have decided to take their cat food, wet cat food medallies into the restaurants for people to eat. Ew. Literally. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Teach would know this. He has like 10 cats at his house. Uh, True. He's, I he's, do have an embarrassing number of cats. He's a cat mom. Uh, not 10, but <laughs> it, I do have quite a bit. Yeah, so they are actually going to be converting cat dishes, like the names of these dishes. So like the dishes themselves actually have like real food dish names. Like it's turkey Florentine and beef ragu. So 
they're going to be taking these and converting them into an actual human food for cat lovers. Will the food look like it does in the can? Because that <laughs> is usually pretty gross. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I feel I feel honored because I see those commercials and I'm like, dude, this little cat is eating better than me like six <laughs> days out of the week. What's going on here? <laughs> Turkey Florentine and beef ragu? I don't, I don't eat that stuff. Well, how could he be oh, so God. lucky? <laughs> be serious. What's the what's the most exotic meal, most expensive meal you've had this week? Most exotic? Well, I, I can't say I've eaten anything exotic. But that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, like you had spaghetti or something. <laughs> yeah, you know right, I mean? right. Like not beef ragu or turkey florentine. <laughs> this place actually sounds pretty cool. It's because B's eating these Hostess donuts all the time. All the time. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's why my cholesterol is high. Can't get off the baked goods. But instead of cats, let's pivot over to bats. This, this one didn't make it out of the cave, Batgirl. Yeah, um, so Warner Brothers, they announced that they're shelving the Batgirl movie, taking a 90 million loss, and uh, they're okay with it because the viewing audience was not okay with it. Yeah, but I feel like how often does that happen too? A pre-show, if you will, pre-showing for all the critics to review, and they hated it. But well, like, how often do they actually like shelve a movie from that? Sometimes they'll they'll like switch it up, but they usually don't like just be like, okay, we're just gonna toss our money. But away. the reviews had to be like, I mean, really, really bad for them to be like, we're we're, we're just gonna put this one in the back. Think about Party City or something. They probably have like on back order like thousands and thousands of Batgirl suits. <laughs> They're just not gonna make any money on now. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right because I think it was supposed to come out like in December or something like, later this year. They probably prepped for Halloween, like oh, it's going to be a major sellout. Oh yeah, and then especially with like supply and demand, like you know, right now they have to order it ahead of time, way ahead of time. So yeah, they're probably losing out a ton on this. What about the actresses and stuff? Like the people that are like, oh, we're going to make it big, and now like they're like, oh, sorry, we're not going to put your movie out. Well, I'm sure Michael Keaton, because he was supposed to cameo in this movie. I'm sure he doesn't feel bad. He's set. And <laughs> he's like, whatever, you know, I'm going to be in a, a ton more movies anyway, so it don't matter. Well, let's be real. His cameo is probably like 45 seconds of airtime. So, right. And he would have made like millions. Out and he probably would have been the biggest paycheck, right? Well, since the merger <laughs> of Warner Brothers and Discovery, you know, the CEO, David Zasloff, I'm going to totally butcher that but he's got a new 10-year plan because he wants to really remake the dc universe kind of to what marvel's doing right now this interconnected universe and they've really stumbled along the way and if you think about it i mean they have like the hottest properties like under the roof they've just had poor execution like i mean a name like batman like that's huge my, they, my favorite superhero batman i love batman but you know when you have four batman actors running around in the last 10 years batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you had, what, it was only like 10 years ago, you had Christian Bale, and then since then you've had Ben Affleck, and then you had Robert Pattinson, and now Michael Keaton's coming back in The Flash. It's like, it's so convoluted that for a viewer, can you imagine if you were watching Iron Man and there's been four actors that has played Iron Man in the last 10 years? I think that's part of the whole mess. Well, that's the thing, actually. If Marvel did four Iron Man, I'd probably watch them all and be very happy. But DC, it always feels like they're like a sports team in a rebuild at all times. It's at a point now with Batman, it's like, who can make the best series? And to this point, I thought I really liked the the, the one with Christian Bale. Yeah, speaking of wasting money, Zuckerberg trying to sell his awesome baseball Little card. League. Yeah, that's disgusting. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to say this. My T-balled. I'm looking at Eric's head was, as I say that. <laughs> my T-ball photo would actually Thanks, probably... <laughs> 
my T-ball photo would probably, it looks better than Mark Zuckerberg. So maybe, maybe it'll sell more. Your Little League baseball card? Who the hell is going to pay? What is, why did he ever think that was like a good idea? Like who gave him that idea? Like, you know what? I'm going to take this thing off the, the mantle here and I'm going to sell this bad boy. He's probably walked around his house and looked for the thing that he like least liked in his home. And was like, I'm going to sell this to someone. Oh, maybe that's true. Because he does look like an alien, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, this all makes sense. He's trying to plug the metaverse, the NFTs with his meta. That's cha- changed the name Facebook to meta. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. But I mean, whoever is going to buy this, it's probably the same person that has enough money to maybe drop $28,000 in R. Kelly's commissary, huh? Cha-ching! <laughs> Still living it up in prison, baby. He is, man. He that's, is. Yeah, the government wants to seize it, too. They're pissed. He owes like $2 million to the IRS, and he's got close to 30 k in his commissary. That's gold in prison. Oh, yeah. Do you have any Nutter Butter bars that is? Dude, I'm telling you, man. It's not even It's not even about money. It's about how many bags of chips, ramen noodles. So tell us, B, what could he do with that money in prison? Oh, um, you know, he could do a lot of things. It's, it's, it's leverage. You know, if he wants his foot rubbed by a particular inmate, you go, here's a bag of ramen noodles. You know what I mean? He wants a little bit of uh, extra time in the in the rec yard, you know, from the guards. Here's here's a few bags of Fritos and a zebra cake. What would you do with your twenty eight thousand dollar commissary in prison? Oh hell, I'd have to keep it quiet. I I might get like they did probably abuse me in prison for I'd be like the I'd be like the I'd be like the one guy in the the cell block that's like getting beat up for his commissary. <laughs> R. Kelly's the guy that runs the prison when he has money. He's the guy that gets run. Yeah, true. I don't know if I could. I'd be like, I keep it on the low. But you know, I'm not telling. Except when everybody sees my commissary bag and they're like, what the hell? What is this? Let's be real. B would be buying a bunch of jars of candles that smell like mac and cheese and old farts. <laughs> Add, adding adding to his collection, his home collection. He's going to just have a nice little shelving unit in his uh, prison it, cell. Is it a woman fart? Because when you're in prison... You want to smell anything from a woman. You know what I'm saying? At that point, anything from a woman smells great. All right, Bucks, let's jump into the woods. We have a lot to discuss this show. We're going to talk about supply chain and how it's impacting the entire stock market. Let's go. Ooh, financial advice. No, not financial advice. Strictly educational and entertainment purposes only. Ooh. Entertainment. Entertainment. Yes. Uh, this week's impacts on your daily buck. In Metaverse news, Match, Tinder's parent company, pulls out on Metaverse plans. Cold feet for now. Go figure. Online dating probably works better in real life. In NFT news, Meta's Instagram rolls out NFTs. How many more pictures can you fit on that app? And Starbucks pours into Web3 with NFT rollout. Get your cup in September. Netgear, not only just a router collecting dust behind a desk, as they partner with Super Rare for NFT digital displays. Sorry, Grandma. The family photos are being replaced with apes and cartoon photos. Tiffany and company loved their NFT pendant rollout, netting a $12.5 million sum in an instant sellout. Can't wait to see the Gen Z wedding proposal videos with CryptoPunk Bling. And stock news. PepsiCo gives us the skinny. Better shape up. Boop, boop, boo. As they invest $550 million in the fit drink Celsius. 
Now let's prop open the hood. We don't need about 23% of these working parts. Or so said Robin Hood. Amazon set to acquire iRobot after vacuuming the idea from our last three bucks episode. Kidding. Diamond hands. Ape strong. To the moon. And whatever other catchphrase you want to explain the bounce on Bed Bath & Beyond, GameStop, and AMC. Will it fizzle or keep rising? In crypto news, an eclipse in the shape of a hacker drains millions in the latest crypto hack from Solana. And a 72-year-old Debbie Stabenow spearheads the latest crypto bill. She must be so wise. And lastly, Coinbase partners at BlackRock. Hide your coins, hide your house. This and more and how it impacts your daily buck. All right, Bucks, it is trend time. Let's go ahead and discuss last week's trends in the major indices. The Dow, we had a 0.15% return on the five-day. Uh, the NASDAQ gave us a 2.76% return on the five-day. The S&P gave us a 0.8% on the five-day. And the XBI Drum roll. gave us a 14.82% return on the five-day. That's crazy. To add a little bit to that, Monday, baby, they're up another 1.72%. XBI, baby. Yeah, while the other markets were kind of flat Yeah. On, on, uh, as we open up on Monday the 8th. XBI has been ripping. But lastly, let's discuss OpenSea volume. The seven-day, we had 104.29 million. That's actually a decrease of 10.78% transaction volume. And uh, we still average, really honestly, around 160,000 traders at 150.2,000, which is 11.58% decrease. But I feel like typically we're in the 160,000 range for traders. Uh, so, so yeah. buy the dip, though? I would say no to buying the dip, but Instagram is rolling out NFTs uh, globally. Over 100 countries, they're releasing the software, too. So there might be a lot of uh, buy the dippers out there with you know more adoption of this stuff. True. That's true. Absolutely. Are we really surprised, though? Because Facebook's already trying to get into the metaverse. and It's all part of the desi design, right? Instagram. Yeah. And, and it makes sense for Instagram because it's all pictures. You know, picture, 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 real, this, that. So are we going to see Instagram filled with PFPs soon? Uh, yeah, potentially. PFP, uh, for, for those of you that don't know out there, is profile picture. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, B. I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you, you know what though do you think do you think the instagram thing I, what i find it interesting is there are some people this goes back to like the nfts versus the gamers right like people don't want to see integration of nft investing into like gaming and there's an argument for that but that's a whole separate thing but like instagram like your casual viewer you know that likes to go on instagram for what it is today do you think that that a move like this in terms of integrating NFTs, do you think that's like forcing a change onto your casual user like that they don't want to see? Well, I'll say that there are a lot of NFT bots if you hashtag anything on Instagram currently. I also think it's kind of trying to chase the trend. It's chasing what Twitter already has. So I do think they're yeah. a little bit late to the game. They're better off offering it in some capacity than not pursuing it at all. You know, as much as people want to say, you know, NFTs isn't really like mainstream yet. I feel like constantly every week we're discussing newer and, and more popular companies, millennial companies. I mean, here we have another example, Starbucks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're pouring into the NFT space as well with their Web3 Web rollout. We don't have like details uh, exactly just yet. Well, they're supposed to be giving like a live demonstration gonna, of the yeah. full details in September. So I don't even think the full uh, details is available online. I'm. People can correct me, but I'm, I know that's what the whole point is. They're going to be rolling that out in September. 
We can always rely on good old Pepsi to make good moves. Investing in Celsius. Have you guys had that drink before? I know Costco sells it, so I know it has to be a good drink. Yes, I have had it. I'm a huge fan of both Pepsi and Celsius. I'm an investor in Pepsi in my drip account. Celsius is good. My I first exposure to Celsius, this is a funny story. I drove to Tennessee to visit my father and we went to the Tough Mudder. Uh, I was not a participant. I was just a spectator. Oh, of you folks. know, we, we, we knew. We knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to fill us in on that, buddy. But I, uh, you know, as a spectator, but I went on the worst day. It was 100 plus degrees. I was dying and they were just handing out these free Celsius drinks. It was like a really? sponsored thing. And I must have had 10 of these in the day. And and I don't even think you're supposed to drink that many because it has like, it's almost like an energy drink. It has like a bunch of. It's caffeinated. It's caffeinated. Yeah. It got a bunch of vitamins. But like, because it was so hot, you just kept going and just drinking one after another. Uh, but that was several years ago. But yeah, now I didn't. They've, they've really blown up. It has to be so bad for you to just be chugging those in like hot weather. Profusely sweating, probably <laughs> yeah. a diuretic as well with the caffeine. Yeah, I never understood that. People are like, oh, God, I'm so thirsty. And they're drinking a soda. It's like when you're thirsty, you're supposed to like drink. That's your body's way of telling you like drink dehydrated. Water. Drink water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so thirsty. I can't get it. I just wanted a glass of orange juice. <laughs> All right, Bucks. Should we discuss our Nostradamus moment that we had this this week? For, for our viewers. I mean, what in the actual... Hey, man, you know, I think it's really just a testament to how close our ear is to the ground on this stuff. Go back and listen to Three Bucks, last week's deep dive on robotics, and you're going to hear us talk about Amazon. You're going to hear us talk about iRobot, the, the, the Roombas, and guess what? Crystal ball, baby. Amazon must have heard our podcast because then days later, they acquired them. How yeah, seriously. That? I mean, I didn't want to tell you guys, but I've been in dis- I've been in talks with Amazon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And okay. uh, you know, so I, you know, I yeah. gave them the hint, hint on the on the episode. And you've been doing a lot of reading on on their articles, the ones that I've been writing. Yeah, yeah. We just found out actually moments ago. Eric wrote an article for Amazon. So not only is he our producer, but uh, he's also a, uh, a journalist in his spare time. And who knows, man? Next week you might hear uh, Amazon acquires Three Bucks Podcast. <laughs> better invest now (laughs) (laughs) i mean it all makes sense they're they're looking at automating fulfillment and everything else it just makes sense to acquire another robot company but yeah, it's uh, it's it's more about probably like the parts and and what they offer than the Roomba itself yeah and you know there's some other acquiring going on and it's people acquiring shares of bed bath beyond gamestop and amc because wow those things are flying again the mother of all squeezes. I was gonna say the squeeze is back on. Um, can't really time it, but man, it's back. Yeah, it's like forty percent almost with gain. an added participant, Bed Bath and Beyond this time around. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, and you know, I'm not on the Wall Street bets as often as I should be, so maybe they've been part of the whole meme genre. But I, I don't know. I know GameStop and AMC have been, but yeah, they all kind of got the rub off the forty uh, percent gain on, gain on Monday from Bed Bath and Beyond. And if you take anything. From our episodes, you realize that we can predict things in the future. The next squeeze, Kmart. <laughs> Over the counter. Come on. What's, what's that trading at? Uh, I don't know. It's like, like 28 point. cents probably. Oh, <laughs> maybe too bad. maybe okay. less. I don't I know. I thought the right. only thing it could squeeze out of Kmart is the long grass that's growing out of their, <laughs> their abandoned buildings. <laughs> <laughs> True. I was gonna, I literally was just going to ask, do they still exist? Uh, I don't think so. No? 
there's one that's over the counter. Is over why the do, counter. Yeah, why do they but, have? Why are they trading twenty nine cents if there's like no brick and mortar store <laughs> like at all? It's just like some some bag holder like refusing to sell at this point. <laughs> Come Father's Day, it's gonna rip. Let's go. Oh stop, <laughs> Jesus, Sears or J C Penny for that matter. Yeah, I choose gonna, one of those over over Kmart. It's gonna rip right off of the market altogether. <laughs> They're just gonna pull it down, dude. Doesn't like doesn't Kmart own Sears? Just goes to show that they're so obsolete. I mean, I don't even know who owns who at this point, you know? No, I don't know. <laughs> exactly, exactly your point. No, I don't know either. <laughs> Nobody knows at this point, so don't buy. BlackRock knows what they're doing. Yeah, seriously. Uh, hide your coins. Hide your houses. They're buying up everything at this point. And, you know, there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin. And I'm pissed at the fact that they think they can come into our house actually buy our houses and take our bitcoins yeah huge deal with that partnership between coinbase and blackrock i mean it's it's big though i mean coinbase popped on it well what's crazy is literally like four years ago blackrock was like we don't we we're disinterested in, in bitcoin you know we don't they were like non-believers and here they are in 2022 partnering with coinbase to offer it to their clients you got to remain fluid in that's your true yeah. the customer's always right man customers are demanding to be exposed to it then they're gonna adapt yeah fair enough back then they probably didn't have as much demand and they thought no nah, it's not really going anywhere and then these last couple of years it really picked up and it kind of goes back to you know what we were saying about instagram and wanting just to simply offer it and not being behind the curve well i would imagine some of the folks that work in the investment services of blackrock probably are a cutting edge and you know probably a good mix up of some older folks and some younger folks you know, not not the same thing like what's going on with the new crypto bill. I would say, <laughs> I would say, with Debbie Stabenow um, spearheading the new bill, wanting the uh, CFTC to oversee. Uh, she is uh, in her seventies, full of wisdom. I don't know if that wisdom is in the crypto market, but hey, you know what? I'm I'm open to the opinions. No, of everybody. No, no pun intended, but this is getting really old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sick of the older members of our society trying to regulate the space that, in my honest opinion and personal experience, I know they have no idea what they're doing on a computer. Like, so for them to simply, like, try to regulate the crypto space, like, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, honest to God, there just needs to be more diversity in the decision making process, maybe at least with the minimum requirement of being able to print a piece of paper. Respect thy elders. Whatever they put in place, it's for your best. No. That's what my mama taught me. No. Shh. Close your eyes. Can you smell that? No. Can you taste that? Taste what? Can you feel that? I feel my hand clicking like, follow, subscribe to the three bucks, and it feels so good. Let your voices be heard. The three bucks on Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, and more. Planes, trains, and automobiles. 
No, we are not talking about the John Candy movie. Although we can if you want us to. Uh, we're talking no, about. we're good on that. I don't even know who John Candy is. <laughs> we're talking about supply chain, and you know, supply chain has really surfaced up to I think a lot more common knowledge over the last couple of years because of how many things like when the shelves were going empty, like nobody really thinks about supply chain, but everybody really thought about it during the uh, pandemic when we saw the empty shelves and businesses were closed, and it just started making its way to news stations right and party city has to be thinking about it right now with all those batgirl costumes on their way that's right <laughs> that's, that's right it is not a supply chain issue necessarily just that's more just of a too, too much supply yeah more of an inventory <laughs> issue at this point but the thing about supply chain is it really trickles into every single industry and it even trickles into you know macroeconomics uh your inflation uh everything really and so at one point we were in a crisis right COVID also caused a lot of, uh, of the workforce to quit because you had a lot of older drivers that were fearful of the virus. And you got to remember, a dri- being a driver, we're all in our 30s, okay? Is that even an attractive business for you to jump in and be driving cross-country in a semi? I mean, I've never been uh, a trucking guy. I know some people really enjoy it. I can never see myself like going to Kentucky and back in the same day. And driving long distance, especially in a big vehicle, it just seems so stressful to me. Exactly. So you had this convergence of a, a labor force that started exiting. And now how do we attract younger folks to become drivers, especially when there's a lot of work from home going on post pandemic? So and now that the younger drivers that are thinking about going into the field, none of them want to do the cross country driving. They don't want to go from California to Michigan. They'd rather be home same night. So you're seeing a lot of arrangements where they're setting up relays, where they go Michigan to a certain state, a middle point, and then they come back, drop it off to the next driver. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was definitely an exodus of the workforce um, in a lot of the companies. But I think also at the same time, there was just simply uh, a freeze, if you will, or a shutdown of a lot of these facilities once we were going through the pandemic. And some of them were starting up at different at different dates and times, if you will. Um, so it, it would be weird for, let's say, a steel company uh, to rely on a shipping company and the steel company is ready to go, but the shipping company still isn't. You know, it was just all jumbled up because of the pandemic. Yep. Um, and a lot of people take for granted, to your point, Tej, all of the industries that actually are in within the supply chain umbrella, designing, farming, manufacturing, packaging, transporting. So, I mean, it's basically like the underbelly of the economy. Everything. You know, so. Exactly, everything. And when everything started opening up, everything got bottlenecked. There was not enough drivers to move how much was backlogged. And, of course, you saw some of that spill into the earnings of semiconductor shortages. And some of that was due to supply chain and back orders. People buying houses right now, right? People ordering furniture. I think you just ordered something and it took months, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. But I don't think that was a supply chain issue. I think that was just a poor management from the store <laughs> that was, that was a hospitality the, issue i got the box and it looked like they took a sledgehammer to it my god <laughs> but you, you know you're not wrong and it doesn't just you know it just doesn't stop at the land i mean it, we're talking c too right so shipping containers when all of the companies were on freeze and then they all came back it became this huge pandemic essentially where they everyone was trying to ship their equipment and then they didn't have enough shipping containers or you know, so it was actually a backlog. And and then once they catch up, then the trucks are behind. You know, it's just exactly 
it just keeps going. It's like dominoes. So catch us up now to present day. What did we hear in a lot of our retail earnings? We heard like Walmart and Target. There's some oversupply because there was a lot of over ordering going on because to get ahead of all that. And now they're probably got too much supply. And now we're battling high inflation where people are going to be uh, really picky and choosy on what they buy. So you're probably going to see more sales because to get rid of this oversupply, right? You so, also got to look at it because some it's weird because it's like a a cycle, right? It causes itself because some of the inflation, you know, it, it can be linked. The high cost in freight, for example, could also be linked to the increase in gas prices and then the increase in supply. And then it costs more money for these businesses to be purchasing these items. So, you know, in general, you're having this vicious cycle of increased inflation is really it's kind of causing itself and in, in yeah in an yeah instance i mean too for these companies at least sell, selling items right if you're limited if you have limited ocean containers and that's where all the products are coming from from like made in china and now you're having to spend a premium to have a container reserved for your product so now you're literally paying maybe 10 times the price for that product they have to pass that through to the consumer what does that cause? Inflation, right? That inflates right. the prices for the consumer. So that's kind of, it is a vicious circle that we've kind of got ourselves into. But now present day, now that things are beginning to ease up a little bit, again, we talked about oversupply, but now we're battling rising fuel costs, right? Well, I was just going to say, we should at least admit uh, before continuing that the supply chain woes are easing. Uh, there is a chart out there from the GSCPI, uh, I believe it is, that tracks basically the pressures on the supply chain market and it is approaching pre-pandemic levels uh the only thing that we're dealing with going forward is there are still countries that are still facing lockdowns for for you know uh, outbreaks in covid and that's just another another disruption in in the in the peg sticking a stick in your mountain bike tire Well, when you say that they're they're back to their their previous levels, it is important to consider though. Like some of the optimists say that, okay, well, we'll start feeling this effect, and it'll be it'll really start to take effect, you know, towards the end of this year, in the fourth quarter. But some others will look at the will look at this issue and say that it's going to take us all the way up until the twenty three. Because you got to think, we may not feel the direct impact right now of the cost going down. The businesses aren't going to feel it yet for they say up to a year to 18 months. And then the consumer probably feels it longer than that, another year on top of that. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be a little while before we're actually feeling the effects of these freight costs and trucking costs going down. Well, and and the thing is, is what these companies and customers try to do is they actually try to mitigate their costs of transportation before they have to pass it off to us as the consumer. And that's where logistics and supply chain has gotten really creative over the last couple of years, there's been a, a very increase, big increase in intermodal shipping. That's by train um, because fuel is getting costly and it is much easier to uh, pivot that over to an intermodal train that's carrying 30 containers. I'm sure we've all been stuck at a red light at a railway. Yeah. And, and, and get trains, angry. What you're saying is we can expect to wait maybe a couple extra minutes at, at every train track. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just just bump up your your time at that light by several minutes. 30 containers just got blown up to 50 containers. But what does that do? I mean, honestly, that actually elongates the time that the final product meets its uh, final delivery point because trains move slow. So the point that you're you're giving, though, I was just reading an article about the trains. It's the same thing, though. You have, you know, let's say the shipping freights. Now they're bringing them over and they're doing intermodal. So now they have a big backload 
for the trains. I was reading that uh, in California, it's Union Pacific, yep. that they are at like an eight day delay before they're even able to ship out containers, right? So they have normally on a normal day, they have 9,000 units. Right now they have like 35,000 units that they're, wow. that they're trying to ship out. So you're seeing the backlog happening to the railroad tracks, right? So it's gonna take a little bit, a little bit longer still to get your products, which what happens? You're gonna see the price go up for intermodal. Still it, probably more affordable. It's still, yeah, it's still more cost effective. And that would be, you know, the Union Pacific is a publicly traded stock to consider with the intermodal boom right now. Because the intermodal boom is really to cut costs. And it's at the same time going back to drivers. Do we have enough drivers that want to do cross country? If we don't, let's pivot this over to intermodal. Now, in recent months, because it's been easing, we're seeing, we're hearing about manufacturing slowdowns going on across like the auto industry, that's actually helped there be more driver availability. And a lot of companies right now, what they do rely on is like 3PLs, companies, uh, logistics companies that can create, you know, creative supply chain solutions could be in the form of consolidations or the intermodal that we talked about. And a lot of these companies are publicly traded, some of them Fortune 500s. So there's a lot of good ones. I mean, there's expediters, is a uh, is a very big and they do international uh, logistics. They are publicly traded, and I I would say might have lost the uh, boat there. They were they were really popping when there was a lot of more international supply chain more than there is now. But Penske, they're a three PL. They do a lot of uh, creative solutions and give that to their customer to make a decision. FedEx. No brainer. Fed, FedEx, UPS. Think about our e-commerce, right? Amazon. You, you're seeing more of that happen. So, you know, those are those are stocks that you can invest in. Yeah, and you even have a couple of ETFs. Uh, TPOR, TPOR. That's uh, like a transportation ETF. Now you got to be uh, careful with that one. That one's a uh, leveraged index. So, oh, like the TECLs and the DPSTs of the yep, of the yep. world. Okay. So, if the transportation companies are doing good, those usually do like two or three times as good. What a perfect ticker symbol, TPOR for transportation. That's right. Yep. And then you also have a boat or <laughs> C-S-E-A. They're perfect. Uh, and both of those are great. Yeah. And, and guess what? They both have Zim in it. There we go in, in their a, top holdings, which previous. I've talked about that previously. Uh, but they also, one of their top holdings, it's Mitsu OSK lines. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of opportunities out there to look into these companies. What I like about it right now, you might think, oh, I missed the boat, no pun intended, but these companies are still going to be putting out earnings. And this is kind of linked to what I was saying before. We may not actually feel the effect of the easing until a couple quarters from now. Keep in mind too, the, with the rising fuel costs, that's where customers are leaning on like 3PLs and 4PLs to come up with creative solutions. So they're actually spending money to have a third-party logistics provider, you know, do analysis to see how we can, you know, mitigate costs. So there's, there's, those companies are going to report probably some good earnings too. Well, if you are not of the uh, investing type that likes to invest in logistics or anything of that nature, you can also always invest in packaging companies in, in the sector. It's all part of it. The PKG of the world in 3M, things of that nature that make materials and adhesive and things like that, that all these companies use to ship materials. Yeah. I mean, it's just something to think about when you're trying to, when you're thinking about diversification in your portfolio and trying to grab something out of each sector, something in supply chain, since you just mentioned earlier is the underbelly of everything. Having some exposure to it is good. All right, Bucks, it's time to hunt. Join us weekly. We chat about luxury human cat food and 
our friend B's weird obsession with smelly jars. But we also chat about NFTs, stocks, and crypto. BlackRock, please don't buy us too, or do. But we're going to leave you with one more thought. Maca, 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 macaroni and cheese. Can you mix up a pan? I'm begging you, please. And if you have suggestions, tweet us at three underscore bucks and follow us, please.